Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter uh, 5. Thank you. Yeah, I know where I'm at. Got a lot going on today. Um, Stand right there for one minute. Just see if I can do this in 60 seconds. Probably not. I've been preaching to you for a long time. I come most days, most Sundays, I've dug out something for you. I've been preaching over 35 years, but I bring you something. I bring you fresh bread, okay? I try to bring you something that I got in the kitchen and I cooked last night, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know my food analogies. I haven't even talked about okra in a long time, but I, I get you good fresh fried okra, okay? None of that stuff out of the freezer. Straight out of the garden, okay? But every once in a while, God deals with me to preach something I've preached before. And he's dealt with me. As a matter of fact, last Sunday, while I was preaching to you what I did last Sunday, I already knew what I was supposed to preach this Sunday. It is a message that I've preached to you more than once. They say pastors have signature messages. It becomes part of your persona. And I would dare say this message is one of them. And I wouldn't bring it on my own. I'm just telling you I know that I know that I know that I'm supposed to give you a word you've heard before. But the reason I know is not only because of the deep impression of the Holy Spirit, but because I know what God is doing in high praises. And I told you last week, and if you weren't here last Sunday, boy, did you miss it. But you're here today, and that's all that counts. God is doing something. There is a theme in 2024, and I'm excited about it that God is in the business of restoring what you have lost. God is in the business of restoring you. God is going to bring you back to where you once were. Woo, I'm feeling it now. And I'm going to go ahead and say what I might say later in this message. And the latter days shall be greater than the former days. I feel that. God gave me that last night. Whatever you've lost, whatever you used to be, however you used to operate in God or in your life, you've been wounded, you've been hurt, you've been disappointed, the life got sucked out of you, you pulled into a shell, you've been dysfunctional or not functioning at all. But I'm telling you, I'm standing here with the utmost confidence. You don't know how confident I am. You better get ready. You don't even know what's fixing to happen in your life. But in 2024, God said, that's enough. You've been where you've been long enough. You've stayed where you are long enough. And like Elijah, it's time to get out of the cave and go back. Back to Israel because I'm not finished with you yet. Oh, God, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost anointing on me. So I'm going to preach today about the Lord of your breakthrough. And before this service is over, some people are going to get some breakthroughs in their life. How many believe it? I told Pastor Billy if they can sing the same song more than once, I can preach the same sermon more than once. 2 Samuel chapter 5, looking at verse 17. I love this story. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David 
king over Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? God, will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perizim. And David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Imagine if somebody put some dynamite over there at the Hartwell Dam and blew a hole in it and the water gushed out. That's how God's going to show up in your life. Woo, Pastor Billy, I don't know if I can get through this. That's what God's forgotten. Ain't no little trickle coming your way. Ain't a little shower headed your way. Ain't a drip or two going to fall on you. God's fixing to deluge you with his blessings and his breakthrough. Oh God, I, y'all feel this? Therefore they called the name of that place Perizim, and they left their images there and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again. By the way, this is in my notes, but their images, they trusted in something that couldn't help them. And you need God to carry away some stuff that you've been leaning on that ain't been helping you. What you need is a revival. What you need is a spiritual breakthrough. What you need is to get out of your ditch, get out of your grave, get out of your sulkiness, get out of your sullenness, get out of your self-pity, get out of your apathy, your lethargy, your complacency. Get up out of that and say, shake yourself and say, it's time for God to do something again in my life. feeling this then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim therefore David inquired of the Lord and God said you shall not go up circle around behind them and then come upon them in front of the mulberry trees and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees then you shall advance quickly Don't drag your feet. Don't question what God's up to. Get in the flow and go. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so. And as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. I don't ever do this. But I want you to just pray with me right now. Normally, I sit you down and preach, Father, in the name of Jesus. My Lord, I feel your anointing. God, something's about to happen in this place. And it's a divine happening. And I pray your anointing will fill this place from back to front, from left to right. And I pray everybody in this house, God, you'll open their ears and eyes and you'll free them today, God. I know you want high praises liberated. You want your people liberated. You want your people mobilized and activated. Father, in the name of Jesus, the anointing destroys the yoke. Destroy the yoke of things that have been tied up to us that are weighing us down. Break the ball and chains off of us, God. Let us move forward into our destiny in the name of Jesus. We pray, amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Let me wade through this. 
David, the shepherd boy turned warrior, was suddenly anointed the king of Israel. And when the Philistines, the arch enemy of Israel, heard this, they went after David to take him out. Brothers and sisters, if you haven't got this yet, you better get it. There is a devil out there, and he doesn't like you. He wants to take you out. You are a called, anointed, and appointed child of God. You have been designated a priest and a king to rule and reign in the kingdom of God. You have been called to undo what the devil has done, to loose what the devil has bound, to heal what the devil has hurt. That's your calling. You're, you're called to shine light in the devil's darkness, speak truth against the devil's lies. You can't do that if you're bound up. You can't do that if you're being idle. You can't do that if you're allowing something from the past or something even in the present to hold you back. And the devil will use those circumstances to mess you up. The enemy of your soul doesn't like this. He doesn't like you to fulfill your calling. He doesn't want high praises mobilized. He doesn't want you being spiritual and active and being used by God. And so he'll do everything he can to try to stop you. And I have in my notes five things. I don't even know if it's on the screen. The first thing he'll do is distract you. Somebody will say something, somebody will do something, it'll get on your mind, and it's all you can think about. You can't think about God, you can't think about ministry, and you can't think about serving the Lord because you're distracted. You're going to get quiet on me because you're listening. If he can't distract you, he'll detour you. You're moving in the flow of God and doing what God wants you to do, but he'll do something to you, have somebody say something to you, and you'll leave the path, and you'll go on a detour. And you'll go in a different direction. You'll start working a job. You'll get involved in some kind of recreation, some hobby, some extracurricular activity, and you'll not go in the direction anymore that God was taking you in where he was using you. If he cannot distract you or detour you, he'll discourage you. He'll get you feeling so bad, so low, so down, so defeated. He'll put you into a victim mentality. And all you do is feel discouraged all the time. I'm discouraged. People try to be positive. You're negative. People try to encourage you. They can't even encourage you because you're so deep in your discouragement. If he can't distract you, if he will not detour you, if he cannot discourage you, then we know he'll deceive you. He'll lie to you. And here's the problem. We know the devil lies. But you let somebody hurt you, say something to you, get dis disappoint you, you suffer, you go through difficulty in life, and the devil will start speaking lies into your ear. And the thing is, if you take that as truth, now you're living in the truth of the devil's lies. How's that for an oxymoron? And so you cannot hear the truth. Somebody will try to encourage you and speak the truth, but you've bought into that so much. You think what is not true is true. And the devil will use absolute terms like, you'll never do that again. God will never use you. You'll always be like this. This is your permanent state of existence, and you buy into it. It's a lie. It's a lie. You can come out of where you are. If the devil cannot distract you or detour you or discourage you or deceive you, then we know ultimately he'll try to destroy you.
And the only way the devil can destroy you is if you let him. The devil can't cross the bloodline. He can tempt you. If God gives him permission up to a point, he can attack you. We know that from the story of Job, but he cannot destroy you. The only way the devil can destroy you is if you open the door and you allow the work that he's doing. Well, you say, how can he destroy me? He'll wear you down. He'll wear your health down. He'll wear your mind down. He'll wear you out emotionally, and eventually he'll kill your spirit. You know, believe it, ask Samson how that worked out for him. David heard this news that the Philistines were after him and did what anyone would do. It was a natural response. He went down to the stronghold. The stronghold was the city of Jerusalem. A stronghold is a, is a, a fortified place that protects you from an attack. This implies David first went into a defensive posture. I say it again. I think this is natural. Anytime somebody says something about you, attacks you, insults you, comes against you, when you suffer, when you are hurt, when you experience pain, we go into a self-survival mode. Okay? You'll go on the defensive initially, but I got news for you. That's okay. If the devil comes after you and you get into a defensive posture, that's okay because you have a stronghold and his name is Jesus. In Psalm 18, verses 2 and 3, I just read this this week in my own personal reading. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and my horn, the horn of my salvation. I love this. My stronghold. So I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You've got a deliverer. You've got a stronghold named Jesus Christ. So when you're threatened, you can run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in the time of storm. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. The devil may come against you. He may terrorize you. He may intimidate you. He may move people against you. But the last time I checked, he cannot touch you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, somebody be encouraged today. If the devil wants to get to you, he's got to go through Jesus. So the Philistines knew when he went into the stronghold, they couldn't take that stronghold. They couldn't get to David, so they deployed their army in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim is a Hebrew word, and if I am is at the end of a Hebrew word, that's the equivalent of our S or ES. It pluralizes it. So Rephaim means giants. Think David and Goliath. And we know what a valley is. A valley is a low spot geographically, usually situated between two mountains. So take the name Valley of Rephaim and symbolize it and spiritualize it. The Valley of Rephaim for you would be when you're in a low place in your life facing a giant obstacle or enemy that's attacking you. Anybody ever been there? If you hadn't, keep breathing because your day's coming. When you feel so low, you can hardly get out of bed. When you feel so low, you can't lift up your head. 
When you feel so low, you don't feel like praying. You don't have the strength to pray. When you feel so low, you don't want to come to church. When you feel so low, you don't want to read your Bible. And yet you're facing things in your life that are threatening you, and you are certain they're going to destroy you and take you out. See, here's the spiritual insight. The devil knows he cannot get to you when you are spiritually strong and sticking close to Jesus, so he'll wait until you hit a low spot in your life to hit you with a giant attack. And don't you know the devil knows when we have low spots in our life. Oh, you shout and have a big time and you're reading your Bible and praying and everything's going good. I don't feel the devil. That's right, because you're strong. But let your dog die. Start having marital trouble. Get sick. Let them start laying off people at work and you know you're next. Just go, go through something in your life that suddenly brings you down and you want to be left alone. You just want to recover and then the devil will show up because he knows this is a good time to hit you. Do you notice, the day, do you notice Jesus went in, just so you know I'm not making this stuff up, Jesus went into the wilderness to fast and pray. Hadn't eaten for 40 days. He's at his lowest physically and who shows up? devil didn't show up at the beginning when he was physically emotionally mentally strong he waited till he was depleted he said but he was strong spiritually sure was but his flesh was weak and he knew he couldn't attack the 100% part of Christ which was divine but he said I'll go after that 100% part of him which is human and the devil's not going to attack your prayer life or your Bible reading. He's going to go after the carnality. I am preaching. He'll go after your carnality. The easiest thing to do is stay on the defensive and hold up. Avoid confrontation. Skirt the issue. Put up with the devil's oppression. Hold him at bay. But I came here this morning to tell you, with all the moral authority I have, there comes a time in your life when you have to go on the offensive. If I'm known for one thing, I've learned, I quoted this from Paul Walker. I've quoted it so many times, preached it so many times because it's true. Psychologists say when you are faced with a crisis, you will do one of four things. You will either freeze, flee, fight, or you'll formulate a plan to deal with it. And the first three are the wrong reactions. Because we end up fighting the wrong people. You ever notice when you get down and somebody tries to help you, you fight them? Well, preacher, you preaching where we live. Uh-huh. Sure am. Your wife's trying to help you. Your husband's trying to help you. Your daddy and mama trying to help you. You're trying to help your mom and daddy, and they fight you. You got to formulate a plan. There comes a time when you have to formulate a battle plan. You have to confront the enemy. You have to confront the issue. You have to tell them, I've had enough. You have to deal with it. Something's got to give has to be your mentality. You better be prayed up when you do it. Have on the armor of God. Know the word of God relative to the issue because it is your weapon because you want to know God is with you to give you the victory. And I got word for you. He is there. 
He is there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. By the way, you may be in a low place, but he's there. You may feel like God left you. He hasn't. You may not have felt the Holy Ghost, but he's still inside of you because he said, I'll give you the spirit of truth who will abide with you forever. Don't you go by your feelings. Your feelings will fake you. Reality says God is with you all the time, and he'll stay with you to the very end. Don't you buy into the lies of the devil. I know, you don't, I know you're in a low place. I know you're bound up, but I'm telling you, God has been where he's always been. God commanded David to go on the offensive. He's in the stronghold. The, the armies are in the valley of Rephaim. David could either stay back there or he could confront. If he stayed, why couldn't he just stay where he was? Because the enemy's out there. And you can't stay in a defensive posture the rest of your life. You can't, that's my whole point. You can't stay walled up. You can't stay limited. You can't remain confined. Pastor, I've just learned how to function in this new normal of mine, this dysfunction. I've just learned how to move into the strongholds. Got a little bit of room. I can, I've just learned how to go through life. Yeah, but God's not using you. Yeah, but you're not where you need to be. You're not doing what God's called you to do. Because you hold up. comes a point you got to open the gate and step out that safety zone you can control that but you got to step out of that and go out here and take a chance might get hurt again take a chance I might get disappointed again take a chance I might get offended again take a chance I believe God is bigger than any possibility of you getting hurt, disappointed, or offended and put right back. If he's pulling you out of the stronghold, he's not going to let something happen to you to make you run back into the stronghold. Y'all getting it? Take a chance. Deal with it. Come out against it. Confront it. Do what you said you would never do again. Some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Some of you go, what are you talking about? Oh, you just wait till you get there. You get to some place, you go, I'll never do that again. Those days are over. Go ahead and say never to never and see what God does. My God has this sense of humor that when you say I'll never... My sister said, I'll never marry a preacher. She didn't. God just called Scott after she got married. <laughs> Jerry Madden said, it'll be a cold day in hell before I attend Praise Cathedral. Now he's the lead pastor at that church for 20-something years. Don't you ever say never. I'm preaching, y'all just don't know it yet. So God commanded to David to go on the offensive. He stepped out of that stronghold and took his army into the valley of Rephaim and said, let's do this. Let's do this. 
And he, they pulled out their swords and they started moving like they used to do, how they used to fight. You know, David's army said, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. We're fighters. I know, but they're coming after me. Yeah, but David, we fight people. We can't fight in here. See, people are speaking to your life. Come on, you got to get back out there and do your ministry again and do what God's called you to do. And you need to get out of this, this, this funk that you're in. You need to get out of this place you're in. Come on, you need to, come on, God can. And there's just, people are trying to help you because they know you weren't destined for a stronghold. You were destined for the battlefield. You're not destined to hold off. You're destined to win. Come on, David. We're fighters. Let's go. Boy, when they opened the door, they said, let's go. They were fired up. Be watching when you start moving again if the people around you get more excited than you do. You're apprehensive. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I've been hurt. I've been this. I've been in a hole. I've been, in the, I've been bound up so long. I haven't, I haven't done anything for so long. I don't know. Don't worry. You got enough people around you going to help you. You're going to be fine. I hired Patrick Polston, who's doing an outstanding job as our youth pastor and college and career pastor. And I told him, I said, you got so many people around you helping you and pulling for you, you're going to have to try to fail. David attacked the Philistines. I think... Y'all just don't know how bad I wanted to get here today. I think once he got out of there and got a sword back in his hand and faced the enemy and there was the smell of battle and the sound of clashing of, of shields and swords and spears, I think something came up inside of him because he's a warrior. He ain't a homesteader. He's a warrior. <laughs> and I think something got inside of him, and he started feeling, whoo, I'm telling you right now, if you'll just take a chance and step out with God and get back into what God's calling you to do, don't worry about it. The anointing will flow once again. The Spirit of God will rise up in you once again. It'll, it'll, it'll all come back to you, and God will begin working inside of you in your life. David got out there in that battlefield, and they started fighting, and they beat the fool out of those Philistines. Or to say it more correctly, they defeated them. And something extraordinary happened that day. God went before the army of Israel and created an environment of breakthrough. Oh, he prepared the way for victory. How did he do it? He weakened the enemy's defenses. He turned their courage to fear. Their weapons failed to work properly in the battle. There was confusion among the ranks. He created gaps in the enemy's lines so David and his men could win the battle. So you weren't hearing me, so let me say it again. God's got you surrounded, and he's going ahead of you. You can afford to step out of this confined place you've been in and go ahead and do what God's called you to do and get some victory and get a breakthrough because God's already gone ahead of you to set things up. Like I said, you'll have to try to fail because he's the Lord of the breakthrough. You may try to figure things out on your own, use your own wisdom, resources, connections, strength. You like to handle things on your own. The problem is you, you can't handle this. You've been trying. You, some of you quit. But if you will ask God, he will create an environment of breakthrough just for you. And he will break through before you break through. How do you do that, pastor? He'll address the matter ahead of you. He'll move things in your favor. He'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself. He'll prepare you mentally, 
emotionally, physically, spiritually. And you're going to face a moment of critical mass, a tipping point. This message today will shake some of you because you will not be able to leave here and shake it off. You're going to have to decide to face what you have ignored. You become determined to trust God and start making changes by the help of the Lord. That's how you get your breakthrough. So when the doctor says it can't happen and the lawyer says it's not possible and the boss tells you you can forget it and the banker and the counselor and the advisor are telling you no, I'm telling you God will alter circumstances and open doors and send assistance and change the atmosphere and you listen to this preacher, he will move heaven and earth if he has to so you can get your breakthrough. Somebody ought to give God praise this morning for that. the God we serve. And that day, the Bible tells us there was a name change geographically in Israel. Up until that point, the place was known as the Valley of Rephaim, the low place of the giants. But after that victory, David gave it a new name, Baal Perizim, which means the Lord of the breakthrough. Some of you are in a bad place right now. You've put a negative label on the situation you find yourself in presently you put a negative label on some people some things some places that used to be a positive in your life but you got hurt you got disappointed you got whatever and now you've made it negative but you can't go back to what God's calling you to do until there's a name change you can't go back into negativity and function positively there's got to be a name change. You've got to take what was once positive, you've made negative, and you've got to make it positive once again. Some of you are in the valley of loneliness. Some of you are in the valley of brokenness. Some of you are in the valley of desperation. Some of you are in the valley of an imminent divorce. Some of you are in the valley of abuse, the valley of poor health the valley of mental anguish, the valley of emotional instability, the valley of doubt, the valley of financial ruin. Some of you are in the valley of Ichabod. And if you don't know what Ichabod means, it's a Hebrew word that means no glory. The glory is gone. And for you, you're in a place where you haven't felt the glory of God. And while we're all feeling the Holy Ghost and shouting and getting happy, you're fighting. You can't feel anything. It's a horrible place to be. You're in a dry season. You haven't felt the manifested presence of God in some time. Your spirit feels empty. You long for a touch from God. You're the one that needs a breakthrough today. And I'm here to tell you on January 7th, the God of the breakthrough is in this house this morning. He is here. Did you hear me? He is here. Woo, I'm feeling this. 
I'm asking you to put your trust in the Lord of the breakthrough, the God of the breakthrough. So here, let me just take what I preach to you and preach it back at you. When God comes through for you, he'll change the name of your location. He'll change the name of the valley of loneliness to the valley of companionship. The valley of brokenness to the valley of wholeness. The valley of desperation to the valley of joy and hope. The valley of divorce to the valley of reconciliation. The valley of abuse into the valley of protection, the valley of poor health into the valley of healing, the place of mental anguish to the place of perfect peace, the place of emotional instability to the place of serenity, the place of doubt into a place of faith, the place of financial ruin into the place of financial prosperity and blessing. And yes, he can turn the valley of Ichabod into the valley of the Shekinah where you experience the presence and the glory and the power of God once again and you can get your shout back and you can get your dance back and you can get your joy back and you can get your clap back and you can get your song back and you can even sing in the midnight hour you can feel the Holy Ghost one more time God will break through into your spirit and you'll feel what you've longed for revival will come he'll breathe on you he'll breathe on you Hallelujah. How many believe the God of the breakthroughs in the house today? Hallelujah. I'm almost through. The Philistines were gluttons for punishment. Stupid idiots drew up in battle the second time. How many know some people just too dumb to know better? They were too dumb to know better. Let me just teach you this because I want you to have a thorough breakthrough. Sometimes after you get your breakthrough, you're feeling good. You're moving once again. What God's called you to do, the devil will show up a second time. Yes. Yes. And he'll try to steal that from you and talk you out of it yes. and tell you none of this is real. And I'm going to take you back and put you right where you were before. And you've got to be able to tell the devil, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm out and I ain't going back. Yes. Took you down once. I'm taking you down again. You sometimes got to talk to the devil and tell him, I'm not the one losing here. You are. I'm out now. Oh, they've released the Kraken now, baby. It's in, you're in trouble now. You're in trouble now because I got my wind back. See, sometimes the old, see, I, I learned this in the physical realm. The old timers, I've tried to teach all this. I need to preach it because some of you not heard this. Old timer, old timing Pentecostal people taught me years ago, God may heal you. And you'll get her healing. I'm talking about the symptoms are gone. You're healed. And, and boy, you're walking, you're healed. And then the symptoms will try to come back. And you go, oh, no. Wait a minute. I thought God healed me. The old timer said, no, you got to deal with that. I said, how? They said, you got to talk to it. I said, what do you do? They said, you got to say, oh, no. You're not coming back on me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I got my healing. My God, I felt that right then. I got my healing. And the old timer said, if you'll do that, watch if the symptoms go away. Well, I remember the first time it happened to me. God did a healing work in me. I was so excited. Then the symptoms started coming back. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I started getting a little, oh, no. But then I said, wait a minute. I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. You are not coming back on me. God healed me. I'm standing in my healing. You know what? The symptoms went away. I remained in my healing. I'm telling you, the devil knows he lost the first time. He may be stupid enough to try to take you 
you out the second time, but I'll say it again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And this is a victory that overcome the world, even, I'm, even our faith. And if you'll stand firm in God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Hallelujah. David inquired of the Lord and God gave him special instructions for the second breakthrough. He said, when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, attack the enemy. And I know I've done this before, but some of you never heard me do this. So get ready. They're down there. They're functioning. They're back out. David's a warrior once again. But there's something again trying to take him out. Something that's making his victory or breakthrough short-lived. Something trying to force him back into those confines. Trying to get him out of the ministry and out of his anointing and out of his calling. But David said, this time I'm gonna fight. I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. I'm just gonna wait on the Lord. But he stood his ground. They're in the, they're in the mulberry grove. And they're standing there. And David's been saying, are we going? Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go? Is it time? He said, no, we gotta wait on God. What does that mean? We're gonna hear the sound of marching in the top of the tree. What do you mean we're gonna hear this? It's gonna be supernatural. It's gonna be supernatural. Listen, what some of y'all need is a supernatural touch from God. Some of you need is just God to show up and do something where it knocks you down so bad and picks you back up that you say, that was God. That was God. I can't get out of this because that was God. You need God to show up here. And they, just hold on. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're quiet. They're in stealth mode like Navy SEALs. They're just in the bushes waiting for the attack of the enemy when suddenly they heard, It was the sound of the angelic armies of heaven. God sent the armies of heaven. They were marching overhead. See, what you're dealing with down here, God's dealing with up there. And when God wins the victory of the devil up there, then you'll win your victory over whatever you're facing down here. And the army of God went before and David said, come on, let's go. And they had to run and catch up with the angelic host who was whooping on the Philistines. And when they caught up with him, David and his army beat them back so bad, they almost lost everything they had. What I'm trying to tell you is, whatever you're facing, however God's, whatever you've been confined in, whatever's been holding you back from your destiny, whatever's been trying to destroy you and what you once were and what God wants you to be now, you can have victory today. Stand to your feet all over this house. Hallelujah. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't apologize for being Pentecostal, but the Holy Ghost is praying through me in tongues. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you're visiting today, that's the Spirit of God praying through me in a heavenly language. I can speak a little French. I know a little more Spanish. If you want me to do that, I can do it if it makes you feel better. But I can't help it when the Holy Ghost talks. Hallelujah. I don't apologize at all for being spirit-filled. 
I feel the spirit and the power of God on me, the unction, the anointing. Hallelujah. I wrote in my notes, you got a choice to make. You stay where you are, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. If you come out, you're going to start living again. Did you hear me? You're going to start living again. And I wrote in my notes, you can either have a breakdown or a breakthrough. That's the last thing I got to tell you. I don't want any of my members having a breakdown. If you've ever had a breakdown, it's a horrible thing to happen to you. It'll, 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 it'll do damage. That if you let it, it can take years to come out of it. I've never had a full-blown breakdown, but I almost did once. Heard the devil whispering in my ear, I'm going to destroy you and I'm going to destroy this church. And if it hadn't been for my faith in God, I would have believed him. Got in my car, told my wife, I'm leaving. I'm going to Myrtle Beach. If you want to go with me, get home. If not, I was throwing clothes in a suitcase. She rushed home. I said, don't try to talk me out of it. You want to go, get in the car. If not, bye. She got a babysitter for Jaron, and Evan was a little bitty thing, jumped in the car with me, and I cried all the way to Myrtle Beach, sat in a hotel room in January, and cried for three days and cried all the way back. Now, if that's not a breakdown, that's pretty close. 33 years of age, having to have a heart cath, going through panic attacks. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was dying get in the pulpit and try to preach two Sundays in a row and I have full-blown panic attacks, shut my Bible and walked out on this crowd, left them standing there in a school going, what in the world's going wrong with him? Walked out. I've been there. But on that drive home, my daddy called me and said, you got to get back in that pulpit. I said, I can't. He said, oh, yes, you can. I said, I can't. He said, son, if it's not five minutes, you get back in that pulpit. Don't you lose what God's given you. Don't you let the devil win. You get back in that pulpit. If it's five minutes, get up there. you got to fight this thing. And I said, okay, Dad. And I prayed, and I got back the next day, the next Sunday, and I got in that pulpit. Some of you who were there then, maybe remember this, maybe you don't. And I started preaching, and I got 10 minutes in, and I started feeling one coming. I said, would you stand, please? But I got 10 minutes. And the next minute, it was Sunday, it was 20. And I got back into my anointing. I didn't let it take me out. You hear me? I want to do a two-part altar call. If you say, Pastor Chris, you have preached to me today. Oh, God, I can't wait for you to hurry up and give an altar call. Run to this altar right now and fill these altars. Quickly, come. Say, God, you've preached to me, Pastor. Get down here as fast as you can. Come, come, come. If anything I've said is applied to you, get to this altar. Get to this altar as quickly as you can. Come on, I know there are lots of you. You're going to have to step. Probably stepping out is going to be part of the battle. Come on, stepping out is going to be part of getting out of. Open the gate and get out of the stronghold. Come on, I'm, I'm opening the door for you. Get out of the stronghold and walk down here. Come on, that's it. Walk down here. That's it. I'm opening the door. See, I've opened the door. And they walk out on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, 
please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.